Hey guys, welcome to Tribe of Nerds. We are back uh, for the Skywalker Saga rewatch. We're now on Rogue One. We're in between the prequels and the original trilogy. And uh, yeah, Rogue One is awesome. That's what I'm going to say is going into these impressions. I really, really enjoyed it on a rewatch. So what about you guys? Dude, Rogue One upon rewatch is my shit. Like, <laughs> It's a really fun movie. Yeah. And also, there's a lot of good good action, and also I care about the characters. Mm-hmm. Normally, if the they made a movie, I don't know. I just wouldn't have thought I'd even like give a shit about these characters, but like they're awesome, and I like all of them. Uh, I just I don't know. I really like how it gives us some perspective because mm-hmm. like the only other movies that covered Empire era. If I'm not mistaken, was like the original trilogy right before this, so like it's just really cool. Oh yeah. See all Josh, dude, Rogue One is always my number three mm-hmm. on list. It always, um, Episode three and Episode five always fight for number one. Mm-hmm. Whichever doesn't get number one goes to number two, and then Rogue One is number three. Mm-hmm. That stays there on the list it's just so good it i think it has a really good kind of like war movie tone and it fits very well within the star wars universe right before episode four right and i think it showcases the characters that we already know in a brilliant way it showcases the characters that are new in a way that feels like how we saw the characters in the original trilogy. So like when Krennic comes in and he's evil as fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yup, this is how we were introduced to Tarkin and Vader and all the other bad guys. When the kind of in the middle character who like hates the Empire, but she's also not all for the rebellion for Jin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yup, this kind of feels like Han. Like he's just like, listen, I'm just trying to do what I'm trying to do. I don't want anybody's problems. So, like, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. The characters have similarities to the original trilogy, but they don't feel like rip-offs. Right. And the story is one that people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why people showed up for it. Of course they want to figure out how they got the plans of the death. Like, yeah. for Solo, one of the biggest problems with the movie is, why are we watching it? Right. Like, there's not really, we, we don't really need a reason, but this movie, it's like, hey, we're going to show you how they got the plans of the Death Star. And people are like, oh, shit, that's actually, yeah, I want to know how. So, I, yeah, beautiful movie in my top five, in my top three. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, yeah, for coming out of nowhere and it's just a one-off movie, it's like the first one-off Star Wars movie we ever got. Right. It was a hit. And it was beautiful. And I think it was handled brilliantly. And it was phenomenal for being the first ever Star Wars movie to not start a trilogy. Like, it's just the, just the one-off movie, and people loved it so much, and now we're getting cast, the Cassie and Andor show. I, yeah, I mean, Rogue One is still, people are still reeling from that movie. You can tell by, like, just the people excited about the Cassie and Andor show. Like, yeah. they had good characters, good actors playing the characters. They had a good plot. They had a good script. Like, when it was supposed to be funny, it was funny. When it was supposed to be serious, I was focused in because it was serious. 
And so I yeah, Gareth Edwards did a great job. Beautiful, beautiful movie. Agreed. My number three favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Agreed. Um, I guess yeah, we can get into the cast and we'll get to praise more of these. Um, yeah, we've already just mentioned Felicity Jones as Jyn Erso, and she is a great, strong female character, and I like it. She has kind of what. Like you said, Josh, like she kind of values what Han Solo did, but you know, you kind of see her also kind of like Princess Leia. So like, it's, it's great because it's kind of a combination of those two characters. So, um, you guys have any thoughts on Jyn or so? I really liked her cause like at the, well, you know her backstory enough, but like mm-hmm. it also doesn't, it's not like the movie's not like, here's... 45 minutes you don't care about like you know you get it you know what i mean right um and i like how she kind of just starts off like yeah i'm good like as far as like helping the rebels goes like she's not really about it mm-hmm. um, but I, I really like her as a character i don't know i just think she's cool yeah she's like yeah She's a complete badass in this movie. Like, the way she holds herself, you can tell that she's kind of had a rough life mm-hmm. and to deal with some shit. And even when they mention, like, Saw Gerrera, she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, and, I mean, we first meet her in, like, prison and then being transferred to a mining camp. So, like, we knew that something was up with her because they are focusing on her. Even when the rebels, like, fucking stopped the transport the imperial transport and they like shot all the guards and he's like come with me and yeah. then she just beats the crap out of all of them too and then tries to run away you're like oh so she's not good but she's not bad so she's kind of like the anti-hero in the series and when kts is like yeah congratulations you are being rescued please <laughs> do not resist and she's just on the ground like damn <laughs> throw my ass but, it, yeah, beautiful character. She mm-hmm. had a good start, and we could kind of just tell she was like, listen, I'm not all about this Empire stuff, but I'm also not a fan of the Rebellion. Like, at right. first, she was like, no, I hate both of you. And we, yeah, like, we understood. We're like, yeah, we get it. Right. Yeah, I can agree. Um, it's kind of like saying... Too, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of like, well, I see the flaws on both sides, which is pretty cool to do that. Um, let's talk about someone, obviously, that we've mentioned is going to get a show. Diego Luna playing Cassian Andor, and I really tried to pay attention on this rewatch to his character, um, knowing that we're gonna we're probably gonna be talk going to be talking about him on this podcast uh, when we get to the show. Um, when that comes out, and uh, I, I really liked his character a lot more on the rewatch than I have on previous watches. Um, as I was paying attention, you get a real sense of who he is, and he's been raised with the Rebellion since he was six, so I mean, like, um, and you just get a sense, like, he's trying to follow what he's been raised to do, but then, it, like, towards the end, he's kind of breaking the rules that he's been uh, raised up on, um, when it's necessary to, so. 
But I really like his character. He reminded me of Han Solo, too, yeah. personally. Um, yeah, you can, like, you can tell, like, he's, like, definitely, like, the rugged type, and he's mm-hmm. definitely, like, yeah, he, he, he's an awesome guy. Um, I don't really have much to say about him. <laughs> he's one of my favorites part in the movie, though, like. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, he's, you can tell that, like, when she shows up, and he's, like, they're, like, no. Do not kill Galen. Like, we need him alive. We mm-hmm. need him. And then the general, like, goes to Cassian Bynes, the other people's back, and he's like, no, you need to kill him. Mm-hmm. Cassian was like, yeah, I'm going to kill his ass. But then, like, Jin was like, no, my father is a good man. She's like, I saw the message where he built a flaw into the Death Star mm-hmm. on purpose for us. Like, we need to keep him alive. He's helping us without he, without you even knowing it. And he's like, okay, well, where's the message? And she's like, it blew up with the whole fucking planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like the whole face of the planet that we were just on. Right. And he's like, well, I can't believe you then. She's like, fuck off. So and then she just runs off, goes to find him, and he's going to try to kill him. But, and then... Like, I feel like he knew. He's like, you know what? Like, yes, I'm a soldier, but, like, this is wrong. Right. And, like, even... I mean, we saw him do some wrong stuff. Like, especially at the beginning, when there's the guy whose arm is injured, and then he just, like, blasts the stormtroopers. He's like, I'll never make it out of here. Look at my arm. He's like, it's okay, it's okay. Calm down, calm down. And then he shoots him. get you out of here. And then just, like... I was like, damn. Yeah. That was... I was messed up, but we understood it, because, like, they're in a war. Right. And they need to win, so Cassian's basically, like, a James Bond type Mm -hmm. in Rogue One. He's the spy. Like, he's the one who needs to find stuff out. He needs to get information from people, and if the mission gets compromised, well, it looks like he's going out guns blazing. And it was really interesting, because they really don't show that in Star Wars, like, it was kind of like a Han Solo thing, but this was, like, to the extreme, where he was, like, an actual, yup, I gotta go get this information, hide from the Imperials, bring it back to base. Like, it was, it was kind of interesting. Space spies. And, yeah, I loved it. His character was really funny, especially his relationship with K2SO. Oh, yeah, 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 that was funny. Funniest great. part. And, yeah, it was... He was an absolute badass. Yeah, I'm... So I guess, I mean, we can kind of predict maybe what we think will happen in the show. I mean, obviously it's going to be a prequel of sorts telling how he came to be uh, what he was in Rogue One. Um, I I guess I'm not so sure what to expect of what where they're going to take his character and story um, or what they're going to... what happens to him before Rogue One I guess I don't necessarily know and that's maybe the cool part is that we don't know what to expect but we figure with the hands that Star Wars is in now that it's going to be good so yeah my issue is like I feel like Disney has had this habit of being like though a character is dead or they're out of the picture but they realize they can use them for like more content so they're like here, don't you want to know, like, everything about this person, and, like, mm-hmm. don't, don't you want a new show? I'm like, 
I, I guess. So <laughs> it, I'll, I'll be happy to see the show as long as it offer, offers more context that we want. Like, right. I don't necessarily, like, like I want to know, I guess, just, like, I don't know, like, maybe more Rogue One-like content would be good. Like, just seeing right. that world through that perspective, like, through the lens of, like, uh, you know, just, like, modern filmmaking, it would be nice. Right. I, I like that content. Like, it's, as long as it's not just, like, kind of, like, a throwaway. Because, like, you know how The Mandalorian, like, it looped, it looped back into, like the sequel stuff, like it set up some of the sequel stuff. Yeah. I was like, it was actually beneficial and useful. So right. that's what I'd like to see. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you have anything else to add? No, I'm cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into uh, a lot of our favorite character. Uh, uh, Alan Tudyk is K2SO. I, um, I know my initial watch when it first came out and I went to see it with my parents, my parents called him the Sheldon Cooper bot from Big Bang Theory. Like he, he has yep. a lot of the mannerisms and just the way he, it, he sounds is a lot like Sheldon Cooper. So it was, it's, it's funny. And I think it was a really fun way to take this character and, uh, I you know, I kind of humanize the droid, um, and I know it's kind of weird to say humanize a, a non, you know, non-living thing, but I think they it worked well in this context. And like we've never seen like a an imperial droid be used to like he's like he's sort of a C three PO like uh, uh, character, mm-hmm. but not really. But like he's like he's a. You know, he's an Imperial droid, so I thought that was cool. He looks cool, too. Oh, yeah. Like, when I saw it in theaters, like, a lot of people were chuckling, so, like, he obviously brings the comedic relief. Mm-hmm. K2SO is the best character in this movie. Yeah. So I will alter my language. <laughs> he is the best original Right character that this movie created. He is my favorite. He is so flippin' funny. Mm-hmm. And leave it to Alan Tudyk, the Juilliard stud that he is, mm-hmm. to perfect a droid in Star Wars and truly give a droid, like, humanity. Right. Like, honestly, before... Um, what do I think? Before they tried to make, like, C-3PO, the sappy, human-like character in 9, where they're like, oh, well, I'm taking one last look at my friends. (laughs) Nah, man. K-2SO in Star Wars, at least for me, was the first droid where I truly tell that, like, he was also, like, he was in the shit. And he was... Cassian's right hand man mm-hmm. number two and it was so like the relationship was so funny the way he hated Jin and then started to like Jin yeah. and even how they were like he's like well the best thing that happens is we get blown out of the sky <laughs> well no the pilot says that he's like well we could get blown out of the sky and all die and K2S was like 
I didn't die. <laughs> Just saying. Like, all of his jokes were spot on. Alan Tudyk's delivery was hilarious. Seeing the behind the scenes of him like capturing the suit movements was also very funny to me. And That's it was, awesome. yep, he's a great droid. When um, his droid type came back in Fallen Order, I got really excited. The security droids, when they pop up on screen, I got super happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Because I, I, Case Wesso made me love those droids. Like, they're strong. And, yeah, they can take a couple of hits before they go down. So, yeah. I was like, right. he made me like the Imperial security droids. Like, as soon as they introduced them, I loved them. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, relax. You are being rescued. Like, <laughs> from that moment on, I loved him. Yeah, I like some of these lines. Like, oh, your hand. Like when Jim finally hands him the blaster beforehand, he's like, uh, you know, why? Why does she get a blaster and I don't get one? <laughs> and then it's yeah, and it's just like I. I was very <laughs> sad when he was the he was the first of their. Well, I guess Saw Gerrera was technically the first like original character to die, but like he was the first of the Rogue One squadron to go down. Um, do you know the likelihood of her turning on us? I don't want to hear it. It's high. Yeah. It's very high. <laughs> like it, the stuff like that, that was, even when it was kind of awkward because she was just sitting right there, and he was like, can't see him fuck this bitch. Like, it was still <laughs> funny because Alan Tudyk just nailed the delivery. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He made this movie so, like, all the characters were great, but K2SO truly made it into, like, all he made the funny parts funnier, right? Um, and yeah, I guess um, let's move on to another great character, in my opinion, uh, Chirrut Imwe, Donnie Yen's character. Uh, he's a blind. He's he's, he's force sensitive as well. Correct. That's how it comes off. They're the. I think so. Yeah, cause, and he's not, I, a, think, not a full blown Jedi, obviously. But. Right, and I think they call him and. Uh, uh, Baz, they called them the Guardians of the Wills, I believe, um, because they guard the fallen Jedi Temple, um, and I just, the Force is with me, I'm one with the Force, that's awesome, and, like, the, my favorite scene is when he, like, beats up the stormtroopers, then they put the bag on all their heads, he's like, wait, why are you, why, I'm already blind. I am blind. (laughs) So no, he's my favorite good guy out of the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that scene where he's just like whacking him with his staff is badass. Yeah, it's like oh, he's such a cool character. It it was like really, it was like really interesting of them to actually decide to like put more weird Jedi lore into it. Yeah, like I didn't know they were like weird uh, force people like you know the people that like idolize and worship the force or whatever right like that kind of stuff i knew it was like kind of like sort of like a religion or like a ideology like i didn't know there were like people that are like that like dedicated to themselves besides the jedi so i was like oh that's pretty cool but he he's my favorite character and he has some pretty funny parts too agreed josh it's, yeah, he is, is, the line especially about, are you kidding me? I am blind! That was, <laughs> uh, that was 
hilarious. But yeah, he was awesome. Mm. I thought he was the coolest. I mean, the way he's just flinging that fucking staff around, and especially mm-hmm. when they get on the Edu and the uh, Tie Fighters are flying in, and he just kind of gets it on his leg. Oh yeah, and then just pulls the trigger and a like fucking bullseye. It's so and cool. Shoots it right into a gunner, so it knocks the gunner out too. Like I was like, what the fuck, this dude doing? Like this guy. It's single-handedly defeating the Empire. Yeah, it's so cool. It's, he was bad ass. Um, and then we've got his buddy uh, Wen Zhang as uh, Boz Malbus. Like, sadly, I, I didn't know the character's name till I looked it up. Um, I just knew him as the guy with the gun who was Cherry Mway's best friend and fellow guardian. Um, and uh, and I. I, I like him in terms of, I, I liked how he was just, like, the firepower, and he was, like, super protective of Chirrut, um, through the whole movie. Like, I mean, that scene where Chirrut Emway gets killed, and then he just starts shooting up the stormtroopers, and uh, that was a beautiful scene, so I... Yeah. His gun is pretty badass, too, yeah. might I add. Like, it, like, charges up, but also, like, you can do, like, a rapid fire. Oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I like him too, though. Yeah. Um, Josh, you have anything, or should I move on? <laughs> Were we talking about the gunner guy? Yeah, but, uh, his name is Boz Malbus. Okay. I can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, he was really funny. He was basically just Chirrut's bodyguard. Right, and right. And that's what I, I loved about him, and he was... Especially the scene that was, like, one of the most powerful scenes was when it was him versus, like, all of the death troopers. Mm -hmm. And he was getting shot, but he'd just get right back up and shoot the hell out of the death troopers just because, like, he was so pissed. He had adrenaline because he was so angry about Chirrut being killed. Right. So he just started slaughtering all the death troopers. And, like, we had seen the whole movie that, like, these death troopers aren't any joke, man. Like, these are... Some badass, highly trained. They literally speak in their own language so that none of the troopers around them can understand what they're saying, badass. Like, they, they are awesome, but he was just taking them down in this scene because he truly was just like so pissed that Pirat had died that he just decided, well, I'm going to go away ship. Yeah. I, I also like the part where he has the rocket launcher and he shoots the, uh, it's an, it's an ATAT, the giant walker, and it just, it, it hits its head and then it just moves right back into place and they're just and like, he's just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's great. Um, and then we've got the bad guy, um, Ben Mendelsohn, who typically plays villains as director Krennic and... I like Ben Mendelsohn a lot, um, so just anytime you put Ben Mendelsohn particularly in these villain roles, he kills it. Um, so I, I like Krennic and the fact that they have that whole story, that he has this entire rivalry with Tarkin, and, like, basically they don't like each other, so okay. that, it was a, I like, I liked his storyline as a, as this one movie villain. Yeah, he's so freaking cool. I was, like, a fan of him. Like from the start of the movie, his his mm-hmm. all white cloak or like garbs or whatever, mm-hmm. 
It's so cool. I, I bust every time I see that. It's. Ugh, I wish I. If I had it my way, I might have kept them around a bit longer. Right. Maybe maybe Disney will like kind of push them into another project later. Right. Maybe I don't know. It depends if he comes back. Like if he decides to come back, but he's he's just like he's just like a menacing ass dude, and like he. Yeah, he was a good villain. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he killed it as uh, Krennic. The outfit was truly beautiful. I bought um, a version of the outfit for myself. Yeah. I thought it was so badass. I wore it to the Novi Comic Con that they had here. Oh my god, I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like getting to take pictures with stormtroopers and stuff. And I was just like, man, I've always wanted, like, when you like the Empire for as long as I have. You're like, man, like, you want to feel like you're in the Empire. Mm-hmm. And when I had that suit on, and I was walking around taking pictures with fucking Kylo, Boba Fett, Stormtroopers, Death Troopers, like, as soon as I saw them, I was like, you, me, picture. Like, <laughs> I, I obviously would never say it like that. But, oh my gosh, man, it was the best. Um, I thought Krennic was truly, like, he was a good bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's obviously no Sith or mm-hmm. anything like that, but he was powerful in his position. And you could tell that him and Tarkin were arguing over their power. Right. Because Krennic wanted to be more powerful. And I think that's kind of why he might have adopted the cape, too. Is like, the cape is just showing that, hey, I'm pretty high up. And Tarkin really didn't show it with his, like, body or outfits he showed it with just him talking right like if you want to talk to the emperor you can like i talk to the emperor do you talk to the emperor credit cycle like but yeah they like their arguing was great because like yeah the first time we saw dark and he's like oh, oh fucking planet bro so we were like oh okay this guy's the real deal mm-hmm. but now like we see that there are two people arguing over this like super big fucking death machine and like Killed me is like number one who the fuck would argue over a super big death machine <laughs> but like also i kind of just it was funny how Tarkin was like i will immediately be taking over the project i talked about i talked about building years ago i was like wow like it's weird because like Tarkin has a point he is the one who came up with the idea but also this is krennic's moment because he successfully built the machine. Right. So it is, it's, yeah, it kind of sucks ass when, um, it sucks ass when they're arguing, but it's so fucking good. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed Krennic here. Um, and then we have some minor roles as well, um, although still important. Forrest Whitaker as Saw Gerrera, um, I thought that Forrest Whitaker did a good job with his delivery in some lines. Like, I... I And, like, Sagarera being the one to, like, take care of Jin after Galen went with Krennic and the Empire. Um, and, uh, you know, and the fact that he has a freaking octopus that, like, melts people's minds, like... <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, his part in the movie was, like, it was a little short. Because you see him for a hot second in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, fast forward to when Jen's an adult, she's like, uh, 
fuck you or like whatever she says. I can't remember. I can't yeah. remember how the conversation goes, but like to that know, effect. Like he, he, but you know, he, he played a good role. I, I like his like big bulky armor or whatever. It made him kind of creepy with like how he's like a shambling corpse. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like barely alive, but I, the one part of the movie I didn't get was like. When they blew it up, when they blew up uh, the city or whatever, mm. he's like, "I'm done running." I'm like, "Running from what?" Yeah. Are you, like, are you, are you just gonna <laughs> stand there? It was, I don't know. It was yeah. a cool part, though. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like the fact that uh, you know they Sagrera was leading his own like extremist like. Uh, I guess, I don't know if i call it gang, but, like, extremist group that was against yeah. the Empire. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that, I thought it was, uh, I thought, I thought he, I thought he did an alright job, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that he just wouldn't go with Jin and the Rogue One crew, I mean, it was just, like, I don't know, that, that was one thing I, I wish he went with them, but. He had to die, like, so... Why? Why Why did you not go, sir? <laughs> yeah, he was... Yeah, I, I thought his voice was funny at times, but... <laughs> I'm like, are you okay, bro? <laughs> you <laughs> came here Damn. to kill me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, are you... Take some more of that air, man. Like, you got it right on your chest, bro. Get some. Use it. Yeah, it was... I love this character. <laughs> but, yeah. Some of this stuff, I was like... I'm not sure what he's like. I'm not like, what? I'm the Empire? That's what everybody <laughs> else is doing. Why won't you? What are you, too old? You're the one who decided to do this crazy bastard. Like, yeah. Don't get mad at everybody else because you decided to fight the Empire. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the uh, turncoat uh, Imperial pilot, Bodie Rook, played by Riz Ahmed. Um, and, I mean, yeah, Bodie has, like, a small role, but I like that he's, like, the, he was, like, this, you know, he's this Imperial pilot who's just, like, you know, I see the evil in the Empire, so I don't want to be with them anymore, so I'm going to help destroy them. Um so I kind of liked his character, um, and I did feel it sad when, like, the Death Troopers were just, uh, when they just threw the bomb and blew him up in the ship. <laughs> so, I think it was a sonic imploder. Yeah. Or something, something of that. But, yeah, oh my god, man, that character, like, even though his role was small, we were like, wow, like, he's truly petrified of what the Empire can do. Yeah. Same with Galen, because, like, Galen's the one... Who talked him into defecting? Because like right, he right. Defect. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, "Okay, I'm going to use the people around me." And even he was with Jin, and Jin was like, "My father was a good man." Mm -hmm. And Cassian's like, "How do we know that?" And the pilot's like, "Bro, he's the one who sent me. Mm -hmm. He told me to come do this, and he told me to defect." Mm -hmm. And like, it was crazy, because, like, Galen was pulling the strings in most of this movie, and we barely saw him. So it was kind of, I thought it was cool how they did it, because, mm -hmm. like, we're like, why would this pilot defect? 
are they going to Edu? Why, why, why? How is the Death Star going to be able to get blown up? And like everything was by Galen's design. Like he literally just worked for them for like years. Right under their noses, hid so much stuff. Got a pilot to defect, release secrets, and he did it through this guy. So like basically everyone in the movie is a pawn, but this is his most recent pawn. Right. And he was finally like, you know, I'm ready to get the secret out. You need to tell people that the Death Star is near completion. Like mm-hmm. it is, will soon be operational. Yeah. And so that's why he had the pilot effect. And then it did become operational. They destroyed Jetta trying to get rid of the pilot. Right. And luckily the rogue, uh, the rogue crew finally fucking found him with Sagarin. Like, hey, let's get this motherfucker on DSL too. Yeah. So, Gabe, you have anything to add on Bodhi? Uh, I thought it was pretty neat. He had a, like, a slightly smaller role, but, like, it was still pretty cool to see the man's, like, you know, flip like that. Right. Which, like, reinforces the idea that, like, not every stormtrooper is, like, a slimy piece of crap. Like, Mm -hmm. there's actually some people that are like, maybe we shouldn't, uh, use genocide as a means to control the galaxy. Right. So, like, it was pretty cool. I liked him. Yeah. And then finally we have Mad Mads Mickelson as Galen Urso and we've talked about it's cool how they tied in the fact like people in A New Hope are like were like wondering, well, why does the Death Star have this flaw in it if it's supposed to be this this unstoppable space station or, you know, death death laser? Um and then they were like Oh, because Galen Urso deliberately put this weakness in the Death Star so that you know, the, it could be destroyed. And so, he hit it under the guise of an exhaust port, which was ingenious. Right. He was like, I can hide it right under their noses and they'll never guess that it was there because this is something that every, like, every ship or station needs. So, like, this will work. And I'm like, damn, like, he's got a point. I'm like, he's, he's making some sense. <laughs> Yeah, I I really liked uh, I really liked how they tied in and answered that question from A New Hope. So it was great. I thought they're just gonna give some kind of like bullshit ass excuse, but no. Like this movie, I think the reason a lot of people like it so much is because it was handled so well. Like mm-hmm. it really went back, and they made sure that like, hey, we're actually gonna like make this make sense. Like right. people are going to understand how they were able to blow up the Death Star after this movie. We want them to know that it is not a dumb reason. It, like, makes sense. Right. Yeah. Gabe, you got anything on Galen Urso? I thought his character was also pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of like this weird... He didn't show up a lot, but he was still, right. like, this weird, like, backbone of the narrative and it Mm -hmm. was like really genius of them to like (sighs) center this plot around like his like uh intentional uh you know malfunctioning of the death star Mm -hmm. is like 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 uh like oh my gosh can i talk right now (laughs) um as mentioned before 
Uh, a lot of fans are like, that's stupid, they blew up the Death Star, this is supposed to be, this is a... <laughs> it was like, it, it was pretty smart, because it actually gives like some explanation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure back then, like when it was originally made, they're like, yeah, Luke's going to fly up and blow it up. Mm-hmm. One shot, let's go. Like, right. It's, it's pretty good. No, I like the character. Yeah, and, like, the fact of, like, he's like, I joined the Empire to do this because if I didn't, they would do it without me anyways, and then, you know, we wouldn't be able to destroy it if I didn't do it. So, I thought that, I thought it was really well done. Um, so now let's just talk about the tie-ins to New Hope, and then we'll get into our rankings. Um, there's so many tie-ins, I mean, obviously this Death Star stuff, um, there is the two... Um, from the bar scene in A New Hope that Obi-Wan murders defending Luke. Um, the, I, I think the character's name is like Panda something and the, um, the dude with the messed up face. Um, the, they show them. Um, I'm trying, I know there's like a bunch more, obviously C-3PO and R2-D2, Yavin, uh, that the rebel base is on. Uh, Bail Organa shows up, the actor from the prequels shows up to tie in there, and then he says he's going to Alderaan, and we know that Alderaan's gonna get blown up, um, so, and then obviously, uh, Tarkin and Princess Leia had to be digitally added into the movie, um, because, uh, Peter Cushing died a long time ago, and Carrie Fisher just died at the time that Rogue One came out, I think, um, so, I- there's probably a few more if you guys can think of any, but I think that's the ones that I picked on that were tying directly into A New Hope. So. Yeah, with, like they they look pretty good in my opinion. Even mm-hmm. like now, a couple years later, like if you like don't think about it too much, like mm-hmm. uh, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh, that's you... pretty sweet. Yeah. Sorry, I blacked out there real quick. You're good. I got a text from my mother, so I was like, oh, hey, uh, this is throwing me off. <laughs> uh, what was being talked about? Uh, the Just the tie-ins to A New Hope, and we kind of mentioned some of them. And, like, obviously, oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Leia, the ship taking off, leading right into the chase. Everything about that setup was beautiful. Right. Ron Mothma was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, like, Bail Organa was still alive, but knowing that... He he was on the Death Star, not on the Death Star, that he was on Alderaan when it was destroyed. Right. Broke my heart. I had right. to go back to Alderaan, and my whole theater was like, no! Yeah. It's like, oh shit, I didn't think about that. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it, it was so many good tie-ins, um, and it just, everything was cool, and, um... I guess let's get into the rankings, unless you guys have any more, and we'll get into, obviously, the probably the two best scenes that everybody loved um, right up in... We gotta talk about them MF New Troopers, bro. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, if you guys wanted to talk about the Troopers real quick. Uh... Fucking... <laughs> Fucking death Troopers. <laughs> yeah. Still one, like, in the movie and in Battlefront 2, <laughs> 8 Hawk, it's still, like... Mm, it makes the hair on my back just stand up. I love it so much. It's my foot, like, just like, and I'm like, boy, hey, whoa, what, what did you say about my mother? But, yeah, they're, they're so fucking cool. And, 
like they were scary as fuck. Like when they first showed up and they saw that like stormtrooper doll, they picked it up and looked down and they're like, <laughs> and then just kept walking. I was like, oh my god, like I'm nervous right now. Like, yeah, they just dark black armor too. Yes, mm-hmm. and the faces being like. Oh my gosh! It, the their masks were beautiful. They got the big daddy blasters too, like the really long rifles, so they yep. can just like toast anyone. There's oh where are gosh, we gonna, What scenes? What scenes were we gonna talk about? Um, like, uh, probably the Vader scenes. Yeah, yeah, we're get, we'll get into the Vader scenes when we as. Uh, Right now, um, we can get to the ring. We have the Death Trooper, and then we have the Scarab Shore Trooper. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the Tank Trooper. The Tank Trooper is pretty cool too. Hell right. Yeah. It's also important to notice that like they had like this really weird like different Tie Fighter on Scarif. Like it has. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? It has like the spherical yep. uh, cockpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the wings are like atop. It. And it kind of, it's, I don't know, it's really weird, but like those. And it, it came down and it dropped the death troopers off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was awesome. And they like dumped into the water and then just immediately started blasting. That was like some fucking Bravo 6 go dog. Like that was some badass. I was like, oh my God. Like, we we were expecting special forces. That's the point, Sergeant. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, let's go. I, I love death troopers and now they're using them more. Mm-hmm. Like, when they showed up in the Mandalorian, I about cried. They showed up in Star Wars Rebels to protect like Vader and Thrawn, and they were badass. Uh, yeah, are they? Are because well, because I guess they're different than dark. Dark troopers were in the Mandalorian, right? Are they? I thought those. Yeah, were no, Death troopers. troopers were in season one. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh. yeah. He was like standing with uh, uh, Moth, uh Gideon. Gideon. Oh, in season one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. they were the ones where like when they went window to see what had just like blasted that place to hell mm-hmm. they saw a bunch of death troopers standing there and then all the stormtroopers showed up right right you're yeah. right i but i guess battle yeah. scarif is like some like d-day shit honestly yeah that's one of the say, best like, star wars battles we'll ever get on ground oh yeah i was gonna say first of all scarif is a beautiful planet it looks like somewhere I'd like to vacation. Like, they have, like, like, you know how they, like, in the center, they had, like, those waterfalls, like, they kind of yes. look like dams or whatever, or whatever. I was like, man, like, I kind of want to go swimming right now. Like, it's, like, such a cool-looking <laughs> planet. And then the second thing I wanted to mention was, like, the part where, like, the, the Star Destroyers, like, crash into each other. Yes. To break the uh, shield. Scene is so slept on. It's so cool. And it's it like, like destroyed like the other Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome scene as well. Um, so I guess with that, now let's get into the villain rankings. Right now, as it stands, um, we're probably gonna have to break a tie for first place for the villains. But right now, uh, number one is Palpatine with the six, uh, followed by Jango Fett at a five point seven three, with Darth Maul in third with the five point six seven. Then General Grievous in fourth with a five point one seven, and Count Dooku with a five in fifth place. Um, so Darth Vader, I mean, we know we're all gonna give him a six. Uh, just the Man, scenes. Wrong. I'm giving him a six point one. <laughs> the record show. You know what? I'll allow it because we have to break the tie between him and Palpatine. If you want to put Vader above Palpatine, like a hundred percent, like 
And I wouldn't be opposed well, to it. How can we not, man? Right. In this movie, like when he showed up and he, he made the dad joke, like, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm still like, bro, if he ever said that to me, I'm, get, I'm running. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> but Vader was bad ass in this movie. Even when it's like, even when it showed him in the back of the tank and it's just. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. And then it, like, it showed his, not all of, it didn't really show it, but it showed that, like, he was missing those limbs, and he had such a scarred body, and then the suit just comes on, and then when the door fully lifts up, it shows the shadow of his helmet, and yes. that's when everybody just knew, like, uh-oh, things are gonna get messy, and it was the best. Like, he just, oh my gosh, and then the hallway scene, obviously, and even just the uh, the last few seconds of the hallway scene are my favorite because when the ship, um, the Corvette cruiser goes to fly away, and you just hear it. That's so good. And he's just standing there like. That's he's so just, like, badass. Watching the ship fly away, and he's like, "I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch you." <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful shot. Um, yeah, I. I, I, I think I'm okay with putting Darth Vader above Palpatine. I mean, if you're talking about those iconic movie villains of all time, I mean, put Vader as... You're RGB. wanting us to go above, man. I'm giving him 100. 6.5, 6.7, 7. Whatever number I can give. Give me the highest number I can give and give it to him. Yeah, give him well, anything he wants, man. He can have my wallet if you want. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the number that's on the back of my debit card. That'll be a score. Right. I mean, when it, when New Hope came out and everybody saw Vader, I mean, that's really the first big iconic movie villain ever made. So, I mean... Everyone, oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, it just... So, yeah, I will... We'll put... For the record, we'll put Vader above Palpatine at a 6.1. Um, just... So, I, I think that's very, very fair. Um, yeah, there, we... I think we said how much... Well, we could probably say more, but... Um, but that's what we're going to say there. Um, and we'll talk more about Vader as we get into the original trilogy, of course. Um, but that, that's where we're going to put Vader for the rankings for the rest of the series, of course. Um, and then, uh, let's talk about Krennic, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, as we mentioned. I'm going to give Krennic a five. I, I think he's on the same level. He's awesome. He's on the same level as Count Dooku for me and that he's still very, very good. It's just, like, when you get to these other villains, he's not as, like, iconic, um, and uh, he's only there for one movie, so I think he fits in that mold that these other uh, villains do in that area, and so I think a five is pretty appropriate for Krennic. I want to give him a four. Uh, four is, like, in my eyes, that's pretty fair for how I see him. Mm -hmm. I agree with all the points you have. Like, he's pretty sweet. But he's only there for, like, one movie for X amount of time. Well, he's there for, like, a lot of time. But, like, you know what I mean. But, like, you know, he's... He stands out to me, but, like, he's just, like, a menacing-ass dude. Like, he's, you know, obviously not on the same tier as, like, some of those other guys that are, like, fives and sixes, to me, at least. So I'll give him four. Okay. A nice four. He's getting a five for me, man. He was awesome. Mm. Loved the suit, loved the acting, loved the conflict between him and Tarkin. And you can tell that like none of the other officers or generals in that room with Krennic or Tarkin 
wanted to say a damn thing. They mm. all just stood there, and when Krennic started talking, it literally cleared a path for him to walk to talk. Like, they didn't want to say shit. They were just like, cool, I get to watch it, I get to watch it. But I'm not saying a word, because these two guys are like the head motherfuckers in charge. Like, they knew that Vader was important, but he wasn't there. So, like, these two were the highest-ranking members in that room. So, like, it was... Nobody wanted to fuck with him. He had the Death Troopers as his personal bodyguards. He was walking around with style. He got to visit Vader. Vader was like, yes, you're still in command, but watch your ass. Like, you've messed up so bad this past week. You're lucky I don't choke the life out of you right <laughs> now. Your ass better get some stuff fixed now. Right. And then he went back to work. He went to Scarif, tried to find the problem, and that's when the whole battle went down. And he, like, I think, yeah, he shot Cassian. Either shot Cassian or shot right in front of Cassian, where he fell off the platform. Right. And then, yeah, he he was pretty cool, man. I can't get past it. He was awesome. And even on Edu, he's just kind of talking shit to Galen. He's like, "Let me tell you how I know." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like just literally bragging into Galen's face about how he has committed mass murder mm-hmm. on this tale and it's like you can tell that he only brought it up because he knew that it would like kill Galen and even when he had all of the other scientists murdered after Galen had already confessed to the crime like he's just a straight badass he he's good for this movie we didn't need a sith the whole time and i think that chronic and parkin were good replacements because for someone who doesn't have the dark side they had so much hate and so much like power was that it was weird that they weren't sith because if they had the force they would be Mm -hmm. agreed um, that gives uh, Krennic a 4.67. He is currently the lowest, but, I mean, with the Star Wars villains, I don't necessarily think that means bad at all. I just think it just how is how the rankings have uh, lined up. They're just up. good, man. Yeah. Um, and then we let's put Tarkin on the list, and, I mean, I give him a 5.7 just because Tarkin commands respect. He's intimidating. He built this... He, he mean, he, or he took credit for Krennic building the Death Star, and, like, no one questions it, like, and we're gonna see in New Hope that, you know, he's, he just, he intimidates even Princess Leia, and he just calls her out on, you know, trying to, like, bluff him, and he's just like, alright, I'll destroy Alderaan in A New Hope, and, like, I, I think that, I think that Tarkin's really, really good, so, 5.7. Now, I'm gonna give Tarkin a 4.5. I feel inclined. I feel inclined to do so. Mm -hmm. He's not as cool as, say, some of the other ones we gave a five or a six. Also, I randomly adopted this Southern Draw, so I'm gonna go ahead and give him a 4.5.
no, 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 he did have some uh, good moments. He made sure that everybody knew in, uh, in, in the desk card, and uh, you know, little desk card in the space, that uh, everybody knew that he was higher up than uh, Direct Printing. So uh, I would say that he is better than uh, Direct Printing because we know how he uh, uh, he is. And uh, I, I'm going to have to go ahead and give me a, a 5.5. I thought you were going to do JFK for a second. <laughs> I would not do JFK in a space podcast. Oh, my we're goodness. We're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> we're going to space, bitches. We're going to the moon. Oh, my goodness. The fact that so many accents just got done at once. Um, that's no moon. That's a space station. <laughs> okay, so we've got Tarkin at uh, 5.23. Uh, so that is above Grievous, Count Dooku, and Krennic, and below Darth Maul, Django, Palpatine, and Vader. <laughs> so, um, then we'll move on to the movies. So far, out of the prequels, Revenge of the Sith is in first with a 5.43, Attack of the Clones is a 4.17, and Phantom Menace sits at the bottom with a 2.17. Maybe it will be the lowest rank in Star Wars movie, maybe there will be something worse. I we'll see you later. Oh, um, there will be. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna give Rogue One a five point eight. That's what I gave Revenge of the Sith. But I just I enjoy this just as much, and the writing is even better. I feel like then you know there's certain there's certain parts in Revenge of the Sith where the writing's a bit off. Obviously, like we talked about with the dialogue. Um, and you know you don't. You get more of an original trilogy feel with this, um, and I think it's just so well done. Um, the only points I mark off for out of the out of the six possible is just, I mean, it. We like these characters. It's just unfortunate we only get them for one movie. Um, in most cases, yeah. um, aside from that, we're getting Cassian in a prequel show. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, five five point eight for me. I'm going to do 5.5, and that's super courteous because, like, Mm -hmm. obviously not all Star Wars movies are good, but, like, this is the one that does stand out to me out of, I don't know. I get stressed, I get really stressed just thinking about how bad, like, some Star Wars movies are. Yeah. And this, like, really just lets me kind of, like, turn off my brain and appreciate, like, the fun and cool parts of Star Wars. So, like, it's 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 a pretty strong 5.5 to me. I liked a lot of things about it. It wasn't trying to be anything more than, like, what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Josh? I'm also going to go ahead and uh, bat it with a uh, 5.5. All right. Because I uh, I uh, said so. All right. Um, all right. So that is a 5.6. It is actually above Revenge of the Sith. Um, uh, Revenge of the Sith was a 5.43. Um, that might be unexpected for what we went into this with. Um, 
but that's how the rankings ended up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, it, it really is the, we have the top three, I think that we're going to have, um, well, once, once we get through the original trilogy, of course. Um, and so, yeah, speaking of which now that, uh, now that we're through Rogue One, we are on the original trilogy. Next week, we will have a new hope. So we'll talk about we'll talk about the first ever Star Wars movie ever made. Um, and uh, I mean, with it being on Disney Plus, we're gonna be talking about scenes that George Lucas added afterwards, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, Baruki, I wanted to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about how whiny Luke was at the beginning, which people... Whine, such a whiny bitch. Which people don't seem to remember when they try to talk about him in Last Jedi. Obi-Wan's like, Luke, practice. He's like, but Obi-Wan, <laughs> Where it looked to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Your dad was so much cooler than you. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. A fucking child. Anakin did more than you did in a fucking week. <laughs> you know, let's try spinning. That would be a good trick. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> <I> and? Had... <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll get to New Hope next week. Um, other stuff that's happening. JJ and I just did Amazing Spider-Man 2. And we put Andrew Garfield on the board. Now, next week, we are talking Into the Spider-Verse. And very excited to talk about that. That is going to be a lot of fun for uh, listeners and for us to talk about. Um, and uh, in the lead-up to WandaVision in a couple weeks, uh, Josh, Gabe, and I are going to try to find some things to do. We talked about bad movies or holiday movies. I think we might have something else fun planned. So I'll kind of tease that uh later um or i'll tease it on social media and you'll be able to listen to it or watch it we'll we'll kind of see um otherwise i think that's all i have for right now so uh see you guys next time on tribe of nerds